And now we return to Hugh Johnson. Hugh Johnson's on the line with us. Retired National Weather Service meteorologist Hugh Johnson for this weekly discussion on weather and climate. Welcome back, Hugh. Hello there, Sina. How you doing? Very good. Glad to have you here. And we're speaking on a Monday. And this morning, boy, was it cold, cold. So how is that? Uh, my fr- I was wondering, like, how does that fare for the beginning cold season of the year? How does it fare compared to other years? Actually, we're pretty much on target. It's really not that unusual. It was it was the coldest morning since March 31st, officially at the airport, and it was seven or eight degrees off the record low. So it was about 10 degrees below our normal 32, but we've had temperatures you know, a lot colder than this earlier in the year. We've had temperatures in the teens in late October, so it really isn't that unusual, but it definitely grabbed your attention. It definitely grabbed mine when I went out this morning. You could feel that really deep freeze in the air. Yeah. So at least we haven't had plowable snow here yet, just a few traces. But I hear Anchorage has been getting a lot of snow. Is that right? That is correct. They have been getting hammered, uh, Bria. They have had a, a, a whole bunch of snowstorms. And at one point, they had nearly two feet on the ground. It's compacted down to 19 inches. I just checked their, their daily climate report. And But here's the thing. looks like they're going to get another storm Later this week, a big upper air low is going to park over Alaska, and you know it's it's hard to say how much how much exact snow will get at this point, but they could get be getting another ten inches or so. And just to let you know that they already had thirty inches this year already. Uh, their average is a little higher than ours, seventy nine. Um, but in the in the year two thousand fifteen sixteen, when there was an El Nino, they only had for the entire winter. Are you ready for this? They only had thirty eight point three for the entire season. And the year before, they even had less. And then a few years before that, they had 134 inches. So, yeah. We got more snow than Alaska got in some seasons? Oh, yeah, it happens. It does happen. It just depends. They they were in a ridge, especially 14, 15. They were in a huge ridge, and we were getting bombed. We had like 70-some inches that year, and they only had 25. Yeah, that happens. It just depends on how the jet stream sets up and how all the weather players – play out it's uh it is that way but they're 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 off and running this year and again we're going to get a lot more potentially a lot more snow later this week another thing about alaska is the volcanoes and i believe it's off of the coast of japan where there's a new volcano that is made an island so more volcanic uh, more, more volcanic eruptions is this due to climate change well i don't think it's directly due to climate change but climate change definitely could have a bearing on increasing the amount of volcano activity, especially in northern uh, volcanoes because of the shifting in ice, the change in, in the melting in ice, and changes the uh, tectonics, the plates, and, and so forth. So, yeah, I'd say there is definitely a correlation there uh, between where it's already been 66, uh, believe it or not, there have been 66 active uh, or volcano eruptions this year, most of them fortunately not major, thank goodness. Uh, the major ones, you know, they grab your attention. They come every 10 years or so. And uh, like a Krakatoa or, or, or Mount St. Helens or something like that. Uh, there was one in I- Iceland really bad in 2010. Am I even going to try to pronounce the uh, volcano name? No way. But it, it was uh, it, it disrupted air flights. I remember and, that. Uh, yeah, that was really bad. The, the ones the ones that uh, are set off in the southern hemisphere and closer to the equator, the ones that cool the earth down more. We talked about this earlier at some point. 
The ones in the northern latitude, not as much because there's just not as much to cool down. In fact, in some cases, they might even warm things up a little bit. And then that, that one in Iceland in 2010, there may, it, it probably may have helped produce more blocking in the atmosphere. It, if I don't remember this, but we had a wicked winter the next winter. It was a very, very stormy and snowy winter along much of the eastern seaboard. The second one in a row, but this one was further north. And really, we had like over 80 inches that winter. So it may have had something to do with that. Probably not directly, but uh, yeah, volcan- volcano eruptions are obviously... Uh, it can be very critical. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that correlation. We actually just had the uh, um, uh, volcano uh, event here and with Beatriz Cortez and her volcano was looking at the Ilopango from El Salvador, mm-hmm. which caused like the uh, a po- total blackout. Um, like a, That's right. I don't think apocalypse is the right word. I'm not coming with the right word, but... I forgot just how much of an impact volcanoes can have. So you're saying that there's a possibility that the Icelandic volcano did have some year-long impact on the climate. Are there other cases more recent that you can also point to? Well, Mount St. Helens was a a classic. That actually cooled the atmosphere, the earth down. You could actually see the infrared uh, signature, and that, that really caused the cooling and a couple of and perhaps a couple of really cold winters. Not the first winter so much for us, but the second winter and the third winter especially was very cold. In the winter of ninety three, ninety four, a lot of scientists say that could have had a, it was a, a kind of a, a backlash from uh, from uh, yeah from Pinatou. And uh, yeah, it, it's definitely. I mean, volcano eruptions are and, and they're game changers. I mean, they they if they if they uh, you know, push stuff into the atmosphere enough uh, uh, aerosol. They will it will cool it down, especially the southern ones. And we will t- you know see a big change in in, in the weather. Absolutely. We could use some of that cooling now. I'm sorry. I heard uh, we could use some of that cooling now. I heard we've had our warmest twelve months on record. Is that related to El Nino? Well, I think it's partially contributed. Absolutely, El Nino is now considered it's now a, a strong El Nino, and uh, certainly adding a little more uh, temperature to the atmosphere. But of course, we have climate change. Uh, we were we were plenty warm without El Nino, but now with the El Nino, it's probably going to get even warmer. Uh, and there's all a lot of scientists are saying next year is an excellent chance that that'll be our warmest year yet. This year could end up being the warmest year. I mean, this is a 12 month period between October and October. We still got. November and December, and so it could still cool down a little bit. But next year, the projection is even for a warmer year with the El Nino uh, expected to continue well into the spring. And and the lingering effects will probably continue into the summer and possibly into the fall of next year. I was reading about the climate change and the hottest this month and that month and that month and that month on record. And one of the statements that stuck with me was somebody said, He's concerned that the hottest summer on record or the hottest year on record might turn out to be the coldest one in the rest of our lifetime, that it's a permanent change, not just a temporary spike. Would you go along with that? Well, so he's talking about maybe the uh, um, the Gulf Stream shutting down. Is that what you're saying? I'm not, I didn't quite understand the question, to be honest. I don't yeah. remember what it was, but he was saying basically – this may be the hottest period so far, but it's just going to keep being the hottest oh, ab- month, the hottest year. Oh, absolutely. Year. Oh, if, if we don't do, if we don't change how we, how much CO2 we put in the atmosphere, there's no doubt that's going to happen. Again, the one thing that could change drastically 
things that the Gulf Stream shuts down, and there's, the jury is still out on that. Uh, there are some signs that it is weakening, but just bare a little bit. So that could really change the whole uh, the whole structure of the temperature profile. But right now, we, we just keep putting CO2 in the atmosphere. We're just going to keep warming up, and, and and of course, the El Nino will help the cause too. So I agree with that statement. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it uh, seems to be what everybody's talking about. Uh, very frightful, but uh, maybe there's some solutions we can talk about uh, or what, what science is looking at for solutions in another sure. um, episode. Yep. But we Absolutely. began this uh, looking at the chilly Monday morning. Um, and so we have about two minutes left. I'd love to get your insight into what is looking at the week ahead. All right, great, great. We're actually going to warm up. Um, tomorrow will be a little warmer than today, and then even better on Wednesday, and warmer still on Thursday. Temperatures up in the 50s. We talked about this last week, and I still, the signal was there, and it's still there for us to get to near 60 by Friday. Showers late in the day Friday. Looks like we're going to have some rain on the weekend. By the way, this last weekend, was the 11, was, it was the first time in 11 weeks we had absolutely no precipitation. That's pretty amazing in itself. But oh, wow. We'll probably get some, we'll get some rain on the weekend cool it down, and then we're going to watch a storm as we get into Thanksgiving week. It, it's still way too early to tell if it will be rain or possibly something else. Uh, but we'll really have to keep an eye on right around Thanksgiving. So there's a storm on the weekend to watch, and then one Wednesday, Thursday, right around Thanksgiving. Uh, and that the one on the weekend will definitely be rain. The one later next week we'll have to keep an eye on because there's going to be some cold air, some, some really cold air trying to come down right behind that and everything works out, we could get cold enough for snow. I'm not saying it's going to, but it's something that bears watching because, of course, the big travel weekend or travel time. <laughs> All right, so with a uh, little bit of warmer weekend, coming from a plant family, this is the time where you're like, do I cover my plant or do I bring it inside? What is the possibility of frost in the next week? Well, we already had our killer frog. We got down to 21. I mean, I, I, but... Yeah, the rest of the week doesn't look that cold. So, but if you bring things problem. back outside or cover them, are there is there is there still frost in the next week? Yeah, I mean tonight we close to freezing, and then we'll probably be in the upper thirties. And then by the weekend, by Sunday, Sunday night, we might be cold enough for frost. But okay. you know, I guess I'm surprised anything even grows. I mean, the sun angle is 29 degrees now. I mean, and you only get a, a nine and a half hour of daylight, ten hour of daylight, whatever. I, I'm surprised things can still grow. I guess that's. Oh, there's still. I'm not. I'm not a gardener. <laughs> kale and parsley and many other things. Yeah, if you just give it a little That's bit true. of shelter. Kale. Yeah, absolutely. Kale there's still things, kale, but. Right. Thank you so much, Hugh. This is always a pleasure to talk with you, and we're looking forward to. All right, um, great. Same talking to you again next week. Thanks so much. All right. Have a great one. Take care. You Bye-bye. too. Thanks. Bye bye. Thanks, Hugh.